Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to one of the episodes that we told you about. And the show that we are going to be covering this week is Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Hello, Aid. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I am quite excited to talk about this show. I really, really liked it. I know you did too. But before we go into it, we wanted to talk about something from our last episode, um, the whole Jamie and Dog situation. Um, We had someone let us know an update. Hi, Bianca. Thank you. And the question we had was we didn't know if Doug told the experts and if Jamie knew, but we have our answers now. So it looks like Jamie did not know because while they were talking about it, Jamie was like, good job hiding that from the experts, by the way. And Doug is like, "Uh, I told them they knew. And Jamie was so shocked because her only deal breaker was someone with addiction issues. Because like Aid mentioned in the episode, that is something that she dealt with when she was younger. He just felt like because he'd been in recovery for so long, they let it slide. And Jamie did confirm that had she known, she wouldn't have seen it through, which was our guess too, because she made a big stink about smoking. I was just like, there's no way she's (laughs) letting this slide. So how do you feel about this reveal or this new knowledge, Aid? I'm very surprised. I really, the experts are the worst (laughs) because Here's here's the problem, though. I say the experts are the worst because I feel like Jamie is entitled to know. Yes. Jamie and Doug have been married for many, many years. I'm going to say that while their marriage seems quite interesting, I think they are happy together. Okay. So did the experts really do her wrong or did they know better than she did? Well, I was going to say, I don't, I can't be a hypocrite. I know in years we've asked or done the question, which couple do we think is not going to last? And I know I've said them and I have no grounds to say that. I understand. I'm just being a human being. I wouldn't say they're happy together. I think it's more they're deciding to make it work, which I don't place in the same category as happy. Please don't come for me, guys. It's just what I think from outside. Does that make sense? We, we talked about this last episode about you can choose. <laughs> You can choose your level of hard. I think what you're saying is that Doug and Jamie's level of hard is very high, but they can continue to stick it out. Yes. They're committed to each other. I'll say that. Yes. So the question becomes, A, do we think that they're going to stick it out for forever? Who knows? B, is is, did the experts do her dirty? (laughs) I think they... Man. I was quickly going to say, I think they still did. But if it's working for her, does it matter? But I just think, you know, like him saying, because he'd been in recovery for so long, they let it slide. I don't know if it's a common misconception, but even addicts say it all the time. Even though you're in recovery, even though you're sober, you're still an addict for life. It's something that you struggle with for life. And I think they should have given her that choice. Now, if we play sliding doors, if they had given her that choice and she decided not to, she might not have met someone that she built this life around with, or she might have found someone that she did. Who knows? We're never going to know. So I guess the answer is we don't know if they did her wrong 
or not? I think if anybody did her wrong, it should have, no matter what the experts did, I don't know how you build your marriage by not being upfront in the beginning about something that big. Like Doug should have told her, I don't know, at least on the honeymoon. Um, I guess we don't know when he told her because Bianca says she didn't find out for a while about his history. I think I'm more shocked that she stayed after she found out because Jamie can be very dramatic and she has her hard line on that understandably because again, I think it's a trigger point from her childhood. So it's no small thing to be the child of an addict and Mm -hmm. Jamie had it rough. Mm -hmm. Jamie had it really rough. And I think it, Honestly, the fact that she has stayed with Doug, that she chose that, she's gone up in my estimation. <laughs> no, because, yeah, it's commendable. Like, you know, and I really, and that's not to say, the fact that I say, like, they're choosing to make it work and it might not be, it might be hard, whatever. I never wish divorce on anybody. Divorce is hard. I only wish it for you if you're, like, extremely unhappy, if there's abuse in the situation and all that stuff. But if you're at some level, you're content and you're fine and, you know, for the most part, you're more happy than sad. I'm just like, I wish all the happiness for everyone. Don't go in there wishing anyone to be like, ah, I hope you divorce. So I genuinely hope that they're happy on both sides. So, And I wonder if his addiction, and I, I and I, I'm sorry, Bianca, I still have another question now because I'm like, <laughs> I just wonder if it has been that big of a factor in their marriage. Like Jamie and Doug have had so many other struggles Maybe his addiction has been almost like not a big thing for them. They've had things that I think are bigger. Well, I mean, different things, way different things to different people. I think they had uh, financial issues at some point. Financial issues, fertility issues. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, it's all out. I hope he feels free. I hope they focus on the support. And I hope he continues to fight the good fight. And I hope Jamie continues to be... A good support system for him. And we just wish their family well. Yes. Okay. And before we go into Summer House, um, just wanted to let you guys know, remind you once again, that we are done with maths for the season. So we will not be covering that on our next episode. But you can join us. I will be live tweeting on Wednesday. So you can join us there on Twitter. You know where to find us. Also call MAFS. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Auto Call on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's also call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. 
Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallmafs. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we are back to talk about Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I had watched like one episode of the original Summer House, maybe two. I'd forgotten about it until someone was talking about how Vanderpump Rules was the one who introduced Summer House. And I was like, that's right. I did watch. But really, I'm not a Summer House watcher. But you are. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. It's been through different reiterations. So it's a good watch. It's gotten its own spinoff with Winter House, which is also a good watch. But I was super duper excited when this was announced. How did you feel when you heard the announcement? I was excited too. I was like, oh, they're going to have a black show on Bravo. I'm definitely going to give it at least a try. And I I was very well rewarded for giving it a try. I think a problem we're running into with Bravo shows is that I'm getting real bored even of my mm-hmm. old favorites, even of the mm-hmm. just the ones that are like a warm blanket. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if new people or new shows are the answer, but this was a breath of fresh. I think they are the answer. I think no <laughs> one wants to let go of the old blankets. Sorry, guys, I'm a broken record. I've been saying this since I was born. Get rid of everybody. Start it fresh. We've known these people for 15 years. But I think this is a good example of why they need new blood. Because think about this. Think about... um. Um, Family Karma, which is just four seasons, which is young. And we love that too. It's just time um, for fresh stuff. But this is my gripe aid. We announced this Martha's Vineyard. Everybody, all the Bravo people, everyone, I love Bravo and stuff. They're not watching. Is, has um, that been your case? Are you noticing? Like are a lot of your, maybe people you listen to, people you know, are they watching Martha's Vineyard or covering it? Well, to be fair, <laughs> most of the podcasters I listen to are not white, and they are covering it. 
it's the, uh, I'm, I'm going to just be real blunt here. It's the white podcasters who I don't see a lot of traction from Martha's Vineyard. The exception of Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens, they covered it. Um, Kara, our friend Kara Berry, she covered it. So I've been listening. Um, the Reality Is, a podcast I've mentioned before, they've been covering it. So my podcasts have been covering it, but I did notice like the other ones. I don't believe they have. And that brings me to my second gripe. Guys, you know how we feel about a lot of things, you know, concerning race, especially in this country. And I don't understand how the summer house, the original summer house is for everyone, but the summer house Martha's Vineyard is for black people. Why do we separate shows? Why do we have shows that we, and and the excuse usually is, I can't relate. I don't know what that means. And I don't know when we say, you know, accepting it, like, just like, oh, can't relate. Like, do you relate to the other housewives? Like Beverly Hills, we don't have their money. It's not relatable. (laughs) So I don't like when there's that separation where a show with a majority black cast is for black people, but the a show with a white cast is for everybody. It it doesn't make any sense. We're all human beings. The only difference is the, the color of our skin. They're just... Regular people doing regular things, hanging out. They just happen to be black. So I am not happy and I'm kind of irked that a lot of people are not watching and not covering. I'm not trying to defend everybody because I believe what you're saying is true. But the other new show on Bravo is Dancing Queens. I don't see that getting any coverage either. Or Real Girlfriends and Parents. The only people who covered that was Ben and Ronnie too. No one was watching or talking about it. That's fair, but none of them had a legacy show intro. It just feels like Summer House already has something. There was Summer House, there was Winter House, and sometimes I just kind of compare it to just a reception. I know how much... What is Lever show? Southern Hospitality? Mm-hmm. There was so much like, oh my god, this is the next Vanderpump Rules. The show was good. I'm not going to deny that. And I compare it to like Candy's show. I, I don't think I'm being biased, but I feel like Candy Show had all of the things also, like running a restaurant and all that, and people just flat out don't watch. It's a different thing if you watch and you feel like you don't like it, but I just feel like people are just not committed. They've already decided, like, I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) It's not for me, I think is where I'm going. So that said, I hope our listeners... First off, a lot of our listeners, I don't think are Bravo people, which we totally understand. But whether you're a Bravo person or not, go watch Summer House Martha's Vineyard. It was very, very good. Like from the very first episode, I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. (laughs) These people are are something. They're they're the untouched of reality TV, if you will. Yeah. The problem with a lot of the Housewives franchises is they bring on new people who watch too much Housewives and have too many plans. I kind of like this whole bringing on a whole new group of people. And I think that makes a difference. Who actually know each other. So yes, it does make a difference. Just give it a shot. Again, we're not saying you have to like it, but at least just give it a shot and make that decision for yourself. But yeah, um, I think the casting did well with the group of people that they got. And I think throughout the episode, I will make a couple of comparisons between the original and this. And I think just like the original... They have an axis or the center couple, just like they have Kyle and Amanda in the original. I think the the show is centered around Jasmine, is it Jasmine, Jasmine and Silas. 
the newly married couple that we have. What are your thoughts on them? Um, we could spend we we could spend a long time on Jasmine and Silas. <laughs> I do want to point out that the only mistake, I don't know if it's a mistake. The show had too many people. Hmm. Um, they should have trimmed somewhere, which I wouldn't have thought. I know who I would have probably said we didn't need, but I just felt like they could have had a smaller cast, and I think we could have been able to focus a little bit more. Um. I am fine with the number that they had because I'm looking at it from a trial and error type situation. It's the first season. We had two, three people leave. (laughs) So if they had had just that and they left, they would have nothing. And it's a good way to kind of see personalities and then know who you're going to ask back um, the next time. It's better to have more than less, I guess, in your first trial so you know what you can do for the next season if they get a next season okay so because i didn't really watch the original summer house there's like you said so there's a couple that you focus on and that's jasmine and silas and they had plenty going on for the two of them um jasmine is was really focused on other people being married so they can suffer the way she's suffering (laughs) and she, she and silas had a lot of issues and problems mostly based around the fact that he wants a traditional wife. I don't even think that she doesn't want a traditional wife be a traditional wife, but like you need to speak to your wife with respect. I don't know that she agrees with the terms and conditions that she signed (laughs) because (laughs) to your point, she's fine. And I think she said it with her own mouth. Like, we talked about it, expectations. I was fine with it. I just don't know what she was expecting because the other thing I want to ask is they dated. This is, I don't think Silas woke up one day and decided to be this dictator. He has been this way. So is it living in the house that was different or was it her just being like, uh, whatever we've been doing is not sustainable. That's where I struggle is How is this brand new for her? Because Silas does not look like this came overnight. This looks like he has grown it. He has fed it. He has taken it to maturation. And this is him. Well, apparently they met and dated during the pandemic. And I think that that makes a difference. Yes. When you're just dating and sitting at home together and not going out. And you think that's life, but then the pandemic's over and now you're back to real life and... You know, the other thing, I have no idea when the show was shot. So I thought maybe it was last summer. Um, more than likely. I mean, they shoot every summer. Even the other summer house shoots every summer, June. Because the, it has to be during the summer. That's when everyone goes to Martha's Vineyard, the Hamptons, and all that stuff. So I'm thinking so last I, I, year. I think they were heavily affected by the fact that they are a pandemic couple. And they'd only been married for three I, for three months by the time the show started filming. You're right. Yeah. They just celebrated their one year anniversary this week or something like that. It was very recent because she just posted it. But I mean, for context, what we're saying is Silas is a guy who was in the military. He's very focused, very driven, very particular, likes things the way he likes it. When we say traditional, we mean traditional. We mean cook me breakfast every morning, iron my clothes, wash this, sleep with me every night do all of the things for a background. He's um, his family is from Liberia 
And I just put my head in my hands. I'm like, man, African guys are getting a bad rap. We went from SK to Kwame and now Silas. I'm like, come on, guys, stand up. (laughs) But he's very what you might call. I mean, the theme during the season was they kept calling him controlling. Hey, he doesn't think his wife should go out and accept a drink if some drink is sent to him. He just thinks that you should be the model wife and be prim and proper. Which is very interesting because from what we know about Jasmine, she was a party girl. A lot of the girls in the house, um, they met as Playboy bunnies? Yeah, or waitresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same vein. So, I'm... Silas knew this. (laughs) This is what I never get about guys who want traditional women. They never go get the actual traditional women they want. They always pick someone who's a free spirit. And then the goal is to break them down for some reason. And that's so odd to me. (laughs) I, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I don't understand it. But I also think like if verbal agreements were made, and interpreted a certain way. So, oh, me and Zainas talked about how we wanted to have, I hate the word traditional. I'm like, whose traditions? Who decided that that was traditional? Um, I don't know, a provider, homemaker marriage. I think that's what we should call them. Um, We decided we were going to do that. Okay, well, like you said, I don't think they had the same vision for what that would be. Yeah. And I don't think they put accountability for growth because a lot of why it's also working is Again, Jasmine, they kept saying she was a screenwriter. I don't know if she's actually done any scripts or if it's just a work in progress, but she did tell us another person in the house, her friend who came with her, Mariah, was also a screenwriter and they decided to follow their dreams. And at some point they were living out the car. So she has experienced like extreme poverty where she did not have anything. And now she's a stay at home wife, pretty much. So she has all this time to cater to him and maybe that's what she agreed to. But at some point, I mean, clearly she's a screenwriter. She's looking to sell the script. She's going to be working, if she's blessed, going to be working on a TV show and it's going to be actually working and it's not going to be sustainable for her to provide him three square meals all the time. So I don't think they accounted for that, but the internet is mean and a lot of the internet is saying that uh, she only got married to him so she could have a house and have somewhere to live. But I think, I don't agree with that, but I do think that they got married for the wrong reasons. I do think that Jasmine wanted stability and you don't get any more stable than Silas because he's very structured. And I think getting married on just one point and ignoring all the other ones might be a problem in the future. My problem with Silas, well, I agree with what you said. She was looking for stability and security. But my problem with Silas is that he's disrespectful. If someone is cooking you breakfast, you say, thank you, shut up, and you eat it. There's just, I don't understand. Like, gratitude should go both ways. Like, thank you is a thing. Like, basic thank you, no matter what the relationship you have with the person, if they do something for you, you are grateful. He's just an ass. Yeah. He sounds entitled. I do feel like, Sorry to um, regress back a little. Just in case there are people who've never watched Summer House again, I just wanted to lay out like the premise of both shows. In the original Summer House, they go to the Hamptons every weekend and then they go back home 
um, at the end of the weekend and go back to New York and we just see snippets of their lives. The difference here is their location for Summer House is Martha's Vineyard, as it is in the title, but they don't go home every weekend. They just stay put in the house for, was it two weeks? Yeah. So the people in the house seem to mostly live or be based in New York City, even though they're in Martha's Vineyard for the summer or for the two weeks to shoot the show. Yeah. So they're they're all based there. So that's like the only difference is like this, they didn't get to, because sometimes in the original, they get to hang out while they're in New York and get a break and then all that. But for this, they're just stuck in the house. And I'm just saying that to say, like, I don't know if that is added pressure for Silas and Jasmine. But that being said, Jasmine was a little annoying. <laughs> oh, she was very annoying. She was one of those people that feels like I'm a wife now. I'm a wife now. I'm a wife now. It's not an identity. It's just something that you happen to do. And that's all we heard for the first few episodes. And then she just kept saying that. And then her friends kept saying, this is not the Jasmine that we knew. And it's almost as if like, is this, is this, has this always been the real you or is this a new you or are you just putting on an act for this? And that affected her relationships um, with the other house guests. Now, I'm talking about the women. Now, my question was, I know I said they were all friends and they all knew each other, but somewhere along the line as we watched it, I kept wondering, were they like tight-knit friends or are these like people like, I knew of them, that we have similar social circles. What impression did you get about these friendships? I think besides um, Jasmine and Jordan, who I guess- So I was about to say, Jasmine and Jordan, real friends, real old friends. Um, Even Jasmine and Mariah. Yeah. Jasmine and Mariah, definitely real old friends. Everybody else, or like Silas and Preston and Nick, or were Line Brothers. So they were all in college together. I think that, I think, first of all, not everybody knew everybody. Like some people, mm-hmm. everybody knew at least one person. The degree of friendship with that one person was a little variable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I didn't get the sense that everybody was really, really good friends. Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. I think that's what it is. Everybody, like you said, one person knew one other person that they were tight with, like Rhea was close with, Shanice or Summer? I can't remember, maybe both of them, but yeah, as a group, as a whole, they weren't like a close friend group per se. Um, That being said, should we talk about Bria, who I think is the Lindsay from the original of the show? What did you think about? Nothing to me. (laughs) Oh, so Lindsay is like a problematic, not problematic, but she gets it going. And when she gets all like, her temper could go from zero to hundred and she calls it like it is. And they always say when she does that, it's Lindsay's activated. That's what it's called. Activated Lindsay is what it's called. And I think that's Bria. Like there were so many fights during the season and almost always Bria was in the middle of it. So <laughs> what were your thoughts about Bria? Bria, chaos agent. First off, she brings that damn dog Milo. <laughs> and has the audacity to be like, how dare you question that I brought this dog without telling anybody, informing anybody, or asking for permission? Because that would be a problem for me. If I didn't sign up to live with a dog, I don't want a dog in the house. She should have asked. And she just came and was just like, she should have. As a sidebar, Aid, can I tell you what happened to me yesterday? I went to my mail room trying to get my mail. 
I open the door and this large dog is lunging towards me and I scream and I slam the door and I slam my finger so hard because you're opening a door and not expecting anything to come towards you, let alone a dog that I'm terrified of. And then I go in and the owner's looking at me like, how dare you scare my dog? And he's consoling his dog, telling him, I know, I know. And now my finger is bruised. I was so like... (laughs) annoyed was the dog on a leash no he let it loose (gasps) and that's why when i opened the door it just came towards me and i slammed the door not on it i didn't slam it on it but i slammed it because it was shock one i wasn't expecting anything two when my brain registered it was a dog and i didn't want it to attack me so i slammed it and slammed my finger and then he held it but then the dog was still trying to get to me even as he held the leash he put it on the leash and the dog was still like, and he's like, I know it's okay. Like I startled the dog. Like it was I, I my fault. Murder. <laughs> I would want to commit murder. This is the problem with dogs. It's not the dogs. It's the owners. Yeah. Your dog should be on a leash. Yeah. It's if a you place. didn't want your dog on a leash, don't live in a big apartment complex. That yeah. would drive me crazy when I lived in apartments is people's dogs. Or even in a park. Anywhere I go, I just feel like there are places where you don't have to have your dog on a leash. I promise you, I will not go to those places. Everywhere else, put your dog on a leash. Yeah. But yeah, that was my yesterday with my bruised finger. I had to ice it and everything. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, going back to Bria and Milo. (laughs) Like I said, owner's not the dog. Like, first off, you brought your dog someplace where it wasn't welcome. Then there was the fight over washing her dog stuff with the clothes, which actually turned out to be Amir's fault. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit. Because there was that fight. It got physical. Not physical, like they were punching each other. Just hands were put. And it turned out to be Amir's fault. And Amir just didn't say anything. And someone got kicked out for it. Do you think it changes anything? In the oh. kicking out or anything? Because, I mean, the re- the reason was that she put hands. But even if Amir had said, oh, I was the one who put it in, would that have changed anything? I don't think it would have changed much of anything. And Amir should have admitted to it, the original incident being his fault. But it wasn't his fault that, like, things led left. That, like, I don't blame him for that. Maybe I should. I don't think she should have been kicked out. But I don't mind that she was kicked out. Mariah's energy was off. It just felt like she didn't want to be there. Well, Did I think part that of that sense? is that she has a kid who she left for two weeks. Um, and I think, I mean, I think probably part of her wanted to go home. I think even at the end when she was kicked out, she's like, she seemed actually pretty happy to be going home to her child. Mm. I'm not saying that you can't be without your kids for two weeks, but she didn't seem that happy to be there. Yeah, she didn't. I didn't know if something else was going on with her. And then I think the thing that solidified it for her was when she tried to do her sound bath and everyone was just like, yeah, we're not having it. But to be fair, it was cold. (laughs) So if everyone's freezing, it wouldn't be better to take and pick another time. But it just wasn't the right time. But I think she took that as a rejection and it just kind of solidified for her. And she just... Yeah, she didn't have the energy like she wanted to be there. So I feel something else was going on with her. So that's why I feel like maybe it was good that she left. But I don't know how her friendship continues with Jasmine. Because I don't know if Jasmine handled that in the best way either. Those house meetings were quite toxic. (laughs) 
how are you gonna have a house meeting and vote to kick somebody out of the house without even talking to the person yeah because the original house meeting was supposed to be for so the way they did it guys was like they had the original guests come in and almost like what i was saying i don't know if people were auditioning to be part of the cast or not people came later on in staggers and phil came in late Feel I guess it's supposed to be the life of the party and get things going and all that stuff. But someone else had taken a room that he wanted and he was mad about that. And then he decided, TMI warning, that he was going to take a shit in the person's toilet and not flush. A grown man, a grown man decided that that was how he was going to handle the situation. I thought he was kidding until um, Nick came back he did in fact shit in the toilet and didn't flush it. And he was standing 10 toes down that he was not going to do that. I just don't know what the reasoning behind that was and where that was going. And then he started trying to disrespect whoever and a mayor stood up to him and that became a fight. Then they called a house meeting. I'm very glad that they voted him out because I just did not want that kind of energy in there and he just came like he wanted to be and i think that's the new thing on reality tv everyone is angling to be the villain and it's becoming old and tired you have to naturally be the villain through your own yes. behavior be bria you don't need to be <laughs> like bria is just being her and causing chaos you don't have to act it out so i'm glad that he left but that was what they were voting about was like should he leave and then from nowhere i think Jordan was a person or was it Jordan or Bria? I think Jordan was one who came like, if you're putting hands, then we should vote about that. And Mariah had no idea that this was going on at all. So that I think was a little unfair. You know, I don't remember though. Did Amir vote to um, kick her out or keep her? I can't remember. A lot of them said out. Because uh, if Amir voted to kick her out after he's the one who caused the problem, that, yeah. that's a little bit of an issue for me. Yes. Yes. They just didn't even give her a chance. And I thought, I mean, they didn't squash it. They didn't have a conversation. So it is what it is. I guess it played out um, how it should have played out. What did you think about Preston's comment about not liking the phrase black excellence? I, I, I felt like I'd been waiting my whole life for someone to say this on TV. <laughs> Because there is something deeply uncomfortable. Like, it's hard to, as a Black person, it's a very hard thing to wrestle with. Because you want people to succeed. Mm -hmm. You want people who have historically been denied opportunities to get those opportunities. But it's almost like you can't, <laughs> you can't lift one up without putting one down. So it's like, oh, if you didn't achieve all these things that you may or may not have even had the opportunity to achieve, well, then you're not Black excellence. Like, I thought his point about his mom, she's, he's like, she raised kids with very little resources. She worked hard. Is that not Black excellence enough? Like, becoming the first Black, you know, um, neurologist, yeah, that's Black excellence. But why do we, that term, just conferring, conferring it on a very specific type of achievement, I, I, I am un, as uncomfortable with it as Preston is. So I was just glad that he said it. I think what he was saying is like, he feels like a lot of the times he's not saying like both can be black excellence, but he feels like a lot of the times when we use the term black excellence, it's usually in relation to something that feels like 
aims for white acceptance. Like we're doing the right thing that would be accepted. Like, oh, we went to school. Oh, we are going on vacation or doing something that is like, oh, you're a good model black person. But sometimes it doesn't have to be marked by that. Like, oh, you went to law school and you had this many degrees to what Aid was saying. It's like his mom may be in a hard position and just had to raise people, you know, by themselves and go through things. That's also excellent. So just acknowledging that there are different layers to excellence, not just the things that are bougie, for lack of a better word. <laughs> like it's almost like a superior complex when it's being used most of the time. So, And I think part of his point, and I don't know if he actually said this, but maybe it's just the way I interpreted it. Like, I don't know that it's really... <sighs> Is it really excellent that you can spend $2,000 on Louis Vuitton? Or is it just that like, oh, that's nice. You have money to spend money on Louis Vuitton. Like what's excellent about it? And I feel like sometimes with this black excellence stuff, it's just like, I can afford expensive things. I can afford expensive vacations. Okay. Is that excellent? And and I don't want, I don't want to say like, oh, people shouldn't go on vacation. I want people to go out and enjoy themselves and have a wonderful life. But I don't know. Calling it black excellence seems like much. Well, I think black excellence spans a lot of things. So vacations is just one thing where people use it. But for other things, which is why I was saying like degrees, where it's like, oh, I got a degree. And he's he's saying if you got like you have multiple degrees or you got a PhD degree, it doesn't mean like someone who did not is also not black excellence. So it's not just the luxury goods and all that in that area. Very true. And I think the other issue with black excellence is it's um, you said white acceptance, but I also think it's about white spaces. Like once you've gained entry to the white space, now you are excellent. Uh, That's yeah. deeply uncomfortable too. Yeah. All that being said, he said that in the premiere and then by the finale, he was cheersing to black excellence. So <laughs> <laughs> full circle. Because, <laughs> because at the end of the day, I look, I would cheers to black excellence too. I just want us to, like Preston, I just want us to expand the definition. Of it, yeah. That's exactly um, what it is. Um, Let's talk about the whole Shanice drama. Shanice is the one who was interested in Alex. And Alex found out that she was in some kind of drama with an actor. (laughs) I think this was something that was exaggerated and I don't know why I don't think it was exaggerated okay um well exaggerate okay exaggerated in the terms that I think that Alex took the brunt for it but I think everybody else was talking but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that why did you think it wasn't exaggerated at first I was like well well, this is what I mean. This show was so good. That moment where all of her friends were like, they were all in interviews and they're like, oh, I'm sure she didn't do that. Oh, it wasn't that bad. And then we get to her and she's like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> Which I looked at some of the stuff, like I looked it up. There was some craziness in there. There was some- It was bad. Was a lot of, <laughs> that's why I'm like, it wasn't exaggerated. Like- if you read what she did and she's saying, oh, I did actually do it. Yes, run. If I was a man, I would be like, run. Let me explain. I don't mean what she did was exaggerated. I think the way they came at Alex and saying that he judged her and did that, I think that was exaggerated. They were not 
trying to even see his point of view. And he did judge her. He just got the information <laughs> and thought to himself, let me stay away from crazy. Yeah, and everyone kept saying, oh, you should have come to her. You should have told her, asked her point of view. But he made a choice. And then from what we know of Alex, Alex doesn't drink. I shouldn't say that. Apparently he drinks, just rarely. He doesn't drink much. And he's very into the Zen life and the meditation and all that. What about that do you think he'd want to find out an explanation for? Like, what is it going to do? It's not going to change his mind. And then anyone who wants to act like they don't judge people, you're a liar. We all do. So that's what I mean by exaggerate. Everyone's acting like he just acted out of pocket and he didn't do that. And I'm like, I think it's good that the girls had her back. Like, I mean, like your friends, you always have your back. But I just think like they were not trying to see his point of view in terms of like, yeah, I wasn't going to. And then they kept saying he kept talking about it and he brought it up at the table. But it was Jasmine who brought it up. It was not Alex. And this is the list of things that Jasmine did that I was like, you're not a cool girl. She basically, what is that phrase you lose? She threw and threw her hands and then hid it, hid it behind her back. <laughs> she, she, she created that fire and then she was yeah. like, oh, it's burning. <laughs> yeah, say it with your chest. <laughs> Don't hide it. Yeah, and then everyone just glossed past it. And then that led to the other thing, which was Jordan's outburst. I, I had to think long and hard about Jordan's outburst. She was right and wrong. Not wrong, but there was an overreaction. So for, for context, Jordan was a former Playboy bunny. She actually posed. She was the first or the last Playboy bunny or the first, not African-American. That's a lie. Um, but she was on there either way. And she's very pretty. And she's known or she's been sexualized a lot of her life. When she came in, all the guys were like, oh, she's hot. Oh, I'd like to date her. Amir was like... If you asked me, and these were all the guys together as they were playing pool, if you asked me who I'd be interested in, it'll be Jordan. And that was what he said. And then all through the season, he was trying to get with her, but she wasn't really, she's been celibate um, for the last year and she's not been interested, but everyone's just like, are you interested? And he was just, you know, putting his feelings out, shooting his shot. And then Alex over the season has been saying things to her and it hit the fan when they were getting ready for their dinner and Alex just looked at her and was like, oh, Jordan, you're getting thick. Now, in African-American speak, that is a compliment, basically just saying, like, your body's body yachting and you look good. But the way he said it was kind of lecherous. He was like the lecherous uncle. And it just was the last straw from a bunch of things that he'd said um, throughout the season. And Jordan just lost, lost it. And then from that, it became a whole thing eventually like throughout the night i don't know if alcohol was involved but she just said she was tired of being sexualized by alex because he made another joke do you remember what the joke was because i don't i don't remember yeah he made another joke when they were all hanging out in the living room and she's like see i'm tired of it i think they were talking about the celibacy and just saying like so now are you gonna do this are you gonna do that are you gonna end it and she's like why like you say you don't drink we don't say anything about it. I said I don't want to have sex and you're making a joke about it. Like you're not taking it seriously. But somehow poor Amir was roped into this. <laughs> That's where I think like, do you think Amir did anything? Because she started accusing him of um, putting dibs on her. And that was disrespectful. And I kept watching it because it's a, Alex for sure 
was disrespectful to her. But Amir was where I was like going back and forth. Like, I can't tell. Like, I feel like he just said, I'm interested in her, but I don't, did he say nobody else should talk to her? Because she said, other guys are not interested in me because you said you liked me. But it's not like she was interested in any of them, not even Amir. <laughs> so I, I didn't think he said it. something like I called dibs. He said okay. something like that to the guys. Now okay. the question is, did she know that? And I think she did. I feel like one of the guys told her, yeah, Amir called dibs on you. So like, we all know not to go there. Uh, it was, you can't first, okay, this is the part that gets me. Do you think that people from the very moment that they all landed, Jasmine was very clear that she was trying to hook people up. Yes. Oh, I think this person will go well with this person. Oh, I think it will go with that person. Do you think people came in and like were surprised that these storylines about who liked who and who wants to date who, that they should be surprised when those storylines develop? No. And that's the part where I was like, I get why you're upset, Jordan. But I also am like, what did you think when you came on the show? Yeah. I think most of it just came from something that she's insecure about or that bothers her of just being seen as the pretty face. Yeah. And that's where a lot of it or half of it came from. But I just felt like she was being very harsh with Amir. Um, I think Amir took it, handled it very well, where he was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen to you. Um, and taking what you're saying, but he was very upset, but then he came and he apologized and I mean, she accepted his apologies. So I liked the way they handled it all. Like they didn't make her feel like she was crazy and just let her have her feelings because sometimes it bees like that. I said, I had to think very hard about Jordan's reaction because when people are freaking out, my immediate thought is like, can you calm down? Like, please stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I had that reaction with her. I was like, Somewhere in all of this, I actually hear all of your points, but like that's policing the way people express themselves. And intellectually, I know that that's wrong, but it still annoys yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> to be but... perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess they handled it. I mean, funny enough, Alex is a weird one, but I actually like him. There's something about Alex that I just like, but he's actually a weird one. No, um... like me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Nick. Nick. Had a girlfriend this whole time, but was DMing everybody and then eventually revealed that he had a girlfriend. What was his plan? How long was he going to hide this? What was his plan to keep this a secret? And I don't know what Nick was thinking. Everybody knows. Everybody knows when you come on these reality TV shows with these mixed gender groups, it is all about who's dating who, who likes who, and who's sleeping with who. <laughs> I and will Nick my- was like, let me try to see who I'm going to get with before I go on the show so I can have my storyline. Girlfriend or no girlfriend. I bet you his girlfriend even knew about it. Yeah, She didn't seem phased. She acted like Ariana when the first time they told him he, he cheated with Miami girl. She's like, no one's talking about me. I'm fine. I'm secure. We're good. He's Because I think that for a lot of um, reality show people, everyone's just telling their significant other, babe, this is for the bank. I got to do this for work. This is how I make my money. I'm watching the current Love Island UK and there's a returnee from season two that's back now. And she's not like 
talking to anyone. And everyone's like, she has a boyfriend. People are like, oh, I, they're from my town. Like, I see them in the grocery store all the time. So she's probably just told her boyfriend, listen, I got to get my social media back up, get some endorsements. Like, it's work. So I think that's what a lot of people are telling their partners now. And they're like, listen, if it's going to get you back, do what you need to do. My only pet peeve is he just kept saying, my girl is in Africa. My girl is in Africa. Yes, we found out later that she was in South Africa. But guys, it is a pet peeve for us when people are always saying, we're in Africa. There are countries in Africa. They're all very different countries. It's the least you could do for respect to just say the name of the country, not like my girl is in Africa. Like, say the country every time. The whole time I was like, which country? Which country? I never even clocked that eventually we found out that it was South Africa. Yeah, in the finale, because Bria, again, activated, sat her down because she surprised him, came at the end for the party, and then she sat her down, and then she's like, yeah. Everybody was like, oh, okay, his girlfriend is real. And Bria's just like, yeah, he was DMing different people, and he was trying to get with them, and she said it with a straight face. And the girlfriend was like, we're good. I don't think he's going to disrespect me. I trust him. And Bria's like, okay, if you're good, I'm good. So I don't think that. you trust him, though. <laughs> oh, there is that. But speaking of Bria, let's talk about Bria and Simon. <laughs> so, why are you laughing? <laughs> I, I, please, tell, tell what, what do you think? Okay. Um, Bria's boyfriend is Simon. Simon is a white guy. Much like the... No, this is not a good intro. I was going to say much like the dog who she did not ask for. I don't know that she was very clear. I think she was, but they were at a bar when she said, I want Simon to come and I want him to stay for the whole week. And they were like, sure. And then when, as the days got closer, Silas is freaking out. Like, why is he saying the entire week that, you know, the last week that we're going to have in the house and everyone does this house meeting and trying to vote like three days is the max anyone can stay. Bria is seeing red and Bria decides that they don't want him to stay because he's white. I'm like, what? Did, I mean, that, that did seem a little out of left field, but it's one of those things. Okay, no one else tried to bring a significant other to stay at the house for a week. Yeah. Unless they arrived with that significant other. Yeah. No one else um, has a white boyfriend or white girlfriend. So there's nothing to compare it to. She just kind of went with it. But well, Bra- uh, get- what's his name? Silas did say that thing in the car. Yeah, so I was going to say, so what they were saying was like, they had a conversation where they were all talking about significant others and Silas made a comment about he would like, like anybody can date whoever they want, but he would like for um, black women to, I don't think he said it, I'm not quoting him verbatim, so I don't want to say the wrong thing, but that he would prefer like if they married um, other black people, but other than that, he's okay with it so that's what she took and ran and again it goes by to the thing about triggers is you don't know when they're going to hit you if you're not if you're feeling some type of way about dating someone that's not black you're going to take every little thing as a direct job to you because who the fuck cares what silas says he's married to a black woman we see what he's doing and how he's talking to him like that should not even bother you if you are securing your relationship you're choosing to be with a white man and you're happy in your relationship it shouldn't matter But I think she was a little bothered by it. And that's why she brought it up and was like, it's because he's white that you're not wanting him um, to stay that long or to come over. Or you don't want him there. I was was very annoyed with Silas when he was talking this nonsense. Yeah. 
I, he says a lot first of off, I love how Silas is like, I'm okay with it. Who, who, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> who cares about your opinion? Secondly, his whole like, I just want women to be married. Doesn't matter. I mean, I prefer they're married to a black man, but just married. I'm like, you're a weirdo. Yeah. I actually find it very strange to just say, I just want black women to be married. You don't caveat it with all the black women who would like to be married. I just yeah. feel like Silas is a misogynist. And yes. his real meaning there is, I would prefer a woman be under a man's control than just out there free by herself. I'll even take a white dude. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but we can tell that his disrespect is not, just for women, I mean, it's maybe leaning heavily towards women, but even with Jason, when they were carrying in the table, and he was really, really trying to tell Jason how to carry a table. How do you tell someone to lift a table? Jason was like, you know I know how to, like, it's not that hard. You barely, you lift. He's like, no, when you do this and do that, and I'm like, what? And then he got mad at Jasmine that she didn't have his back. I'm like, oh my God, Silas, like, you are a pain in the ass. Like, I don't know what is going through your head, but this is too much for you. How can your wife be on vacation and she still has to serve you breakfast? She still has to steam your clothes. Like in the finale where he got mad that you're doing all this, you have time to get ready, but there's not enough time to get me ready. And I'm like, like, you know, for the most part, as much as Jasmine is falling into whatever gender roles they have in their marriage, she actually talks back to him, which I'm glad about. And he hates that, which is why I love it. But she's like, if you didn't help me, I, I will be fine. I can get ready on my own. Like, why is a man who's so proud of being in the military so structured? Why does he need all that help? What were you doing before you met her? Praying for someone to come steam his clothes. Help meet. Um, <laughs> the thing about the steaming of the last, the season finale outfit is she's like, I structured my day so that I could come and steam your clothes for you. You're the one who got mad and ended up doing it yourself. Because you didn't trust me to come back in time to steam your clothes for you. It was the dumbest argument. All caused by Silas's entitlement. He gave me Shaq vibes. Because all he kept whining about was, I just wanted acknowledgement. I just wanted acknowledgement that it was wrong. And I'm like, what do you, like, if she doesn't see it, she doesn't see it. Like, what do you want from that? And then he made a comment where it was like, when he was mad that she didn't want to engage. And he's like, the respectability that comes with marriage, I promise you, your life will change. I have no idea what that means. I think it goes back to what I just said about Silas wanting, wanting every woman to be buried. <laughs> You're not a respectable woman if you don't have a husband. His, my, and his ideas are affecting Jasmine, and that's why she's chasing after her friends, talking nonsense about, well, I want you to be married so that you can be miserable like me. And then she made it seem like she was a victim because she was saying that she doesn't have the relationships are different and she's struggling. I think when she, there was that dinner that they had and she was like, Oh, it's very difficult. I don't know how to manage that. And I'm like, what? It's mostly because of you. There was something that she said to Jordan that was kind of insulting. I don't know if you remember they had like a fight and Jordan got upset about it. And I'm like, how would you mention something about dating to her, it was something condescending. Something like, if you never get married... Okay, I don't want to quote it. I don't remember. But I'm like, you're the one who keeps making all these comments. And then you get mad that your friends want to distance themselves from you because you keep making all these comments. And then you're blaming it on the fact that you're married now. But you're not comfortable being a wife 
yet and knowing how to balance your relationships. Like being a wife doesn't mean like you have to change everything completely. It's just that the husband you married requires a certain image. So that's why you're struggling. It's your husband. We'll continue this conversation after a break. So you were saying that Jasmine is struggling. Why do you, well, you think Jasmine is struggling because she's not comfortable being a wife? That's what she said. She was like, she doesn't know how to talk to her friends, that every time she says something, they think it's because it's that. But she said that a lot in the beginning episodes where she's like, now that I'm a wife, I have to do this. Now that I'm a wife, I can't be doing X, Y, Z anymore. And it's kind of like, you know, even Silas was like, you can't be going out for girls night because he pegged Jordan as the bad influence. And then Jordan's like, what did I do? <laughs> like, if we go out for drinks, you think I'm just taking her to go like hit on men or something? Like, where does that come from? And I think Jasmine, I think what Jasmine is trying to do is fit the image that she knows Silas wants. And that's where the struggle is. But also, I, I'm so sorry that I don't remember whatever that thing was that she said to Jordan, but that was a big example of something condescending that she said. And in that moment, I did feel like Jordan was right. Um at getting upset with her for that. I can't remember what she said either, but I just feel, it was one of those like, your life will not be worth anything unless you have a husband. That was mm-hmm. the gist of it. Yeah. But, but I will say, one of my, one of the many podcasts that I listened to really made me think about, well, what happened when my friends got married? And did our relationships change? Mm-hmm. And I would say, no, not really. I think the activities change. But the fact that this girl is struggling so much, I, I'm like, I really think there's something, this should be a sign to you that there might be something wrong with your marriage. <laughs> it really shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. Like she's exhausted and she's not working. So what happens when she's working and she has to make meals? And he's so passive aggressive. When they had that fight and he's like, he's like, I'm so tired. I haven't had my lunch. And then it's like a pointed glare. Like you have hands, make your own lunch. Like, I don't, I don't understand what the problem is. But something I was I wanted to talk about, the many, many sex scenes that Jasmine and Silas had. Um, I think someone, I can't remember who, but I think I'd seen someone ask about, is it the same way in the original Summer House? And it's not as much, and it's more about the recency. And also, like, you remember that they're in the house, like, permanently for, like, three weeks. But in the original Summer House, they go back and forth, and they're only there for the weekend. Um, some of the people in the beginning, they used to show that a lot because the, the only couples that we had was, um, Kyle and Amanda in the beginning. And they used to show that at some point they used to show Lindsay when she had sex with her boyfriend. And honestly, Luke gave Hannah a head for like hours on hours. And they kind of showed all that. So they do show all that. It's just that I think it seems more because of the recency of the show. And also because they didn't go back and forth. They were just there in the house every day, but it just felt like it was a lot of sex scenes. But as someone who doesn't watch Summer House, did you think like it was a lot or did you think it was unnecessary? (laughs) I was shocked. (laughs) At the end of the day, they told me that Silas has Liberian parents. Every time I watch people have sex on TV, even the the Married at First Sight people, I'm like, but what about your parents? What about, forget parents. What about your aunties and your uncles? (laughs) You know, when I watch these things about when they talk about sex and all that, I don't think about any of that. You know who I think about? Coworkers. 
<laughs> I'm the Thank kind you. of person who's like, I want to leave my life separate from my personal life separate from everything. I can't imagine doing a scene like that and walking into work and I'm trying to give a presentation. Everyone's like, I saw you fucking on TV. <laughs> That's all I think about. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty, it was pretty. I think what the summer house people have realized now, because Craig and Paige are dating now, when they have sex, they go into the bathroom. There are no cameras in the bathroom. But these are newbies, they don't know. And also Silas, again, his dick dumb, no pun intended, goes into the bedroom because they're so loud, they affect all the people <laughs> in the house, especially a mirror who was close to them. And then she's like, I have to keep it low. And then Silas is like, well, it's no good if you're not making any sounds. And I'm like, Silas, like, <laughs> it's just for a few weeks. You'll be all right. Like, No, apparently. <laughs> so, what, I forgot to talk about this when Silas was talking about the stupid table. This man stopped and said, I'm a platoon leader. <laughs> there is no worse human being than the person in the military who makes it their whole identity and then excuses all their behavior because they... Silas is a reservist, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm not in any way, shape, or form diminishing his service. I'm just saying, reservist, what do you go, like, once a month and for two weeks and once a year? How can you say this? This identity is so imprinted upon me that when I'm working with my friend to move a table, I can't escape this identity. You sound stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Such a funny guy. I think we never completed the whole thing with Brie and Simon. Um, sorry, guys. We deviated. But I was going to talk about the whole fact that everyone had an issue with him. And this man showed up and bought everyone watches. And everyone was, you know what? This guy's kind of all right. I don't have a problem with Simon. Everyone was bought by watches. <laughs> and as a person who does not care about watches, I was like, this is a terrible gift. But okay. I guess you could sell it on the resale market. But it's like, why does this man have all these expensive watches for people? I don't know what he does. I saw a picture of them at Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival. So I don't know. Because she lives in Germany, right? With she him. does. Yeah. So, oh, see, that oh, was another thing sells- Jasmine was disrespectful for about. She's like, oh, this relationship can't be serious because, yes. I mean, she's just over there in Germany. I forgot about that. Yes. Yes, she was. In the very few episodes, I was just like, get this girl out of here. Like, she's just rude. He sells watch. He does resell watches or something like that. Because someone was like, "Oh, that explains the gift." So that means it costs him nothing. <laughs> he probably wrote it off as advertising. He's on a TV <laughs> show giving out watches, and you sell watches. That's work. <laughs> but yes, Jasmine did not respect her relationship. Bria had a point there because she kept saying she kept trying to introduce her to people, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Um, were you as annoyed about a mere?" just learning about his black side amir is half lebanese and half black but he did not grow up with his the black side of his family so a lot of what this trip meant to him was like he was just getting getting to know more black history and stuff but i know a lot of people online were very harsh on him and saying like you just don't want to know like if you want to know you could go out there and look at look for it but what were your thoughts on that i thought most of the commentary i heard was not even harsh enough I was deeply, deeply annoyed by Amir. It reminded me, it's not his lack of knowledge, although it kind of is. There comes a point in your life where you just kind of have to take responsibility for the things you don't know. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, oh, I don't understand how you can, I don't care if you're half Lebanese. 
In America, you walk through the world, Amir, you're a black man. How have you been walking through life as a black man with zero curiosity, zero curiosity about anything having to do with being black? Yeah. <clears throat> I think I watched Amir on Watch What Happens Live, which, I mean, kudos to Bravo because you know how we bitch a lot about family karma and it took them forever to get people on there. But they had Amir, they had Jordan. So I was pleased. Amir just wants to be famous. Amir, Andy found him so attractive and he was playing into that. He was telling Andy how he DM'd him a long time ago and was like, you're going to know my name one day. And he was on there. So part of me was just like, is Amir playing this up because it's a storyline that he can do? Like, I just think he wants to be on TV and he and he's 26 and he just wants to be famous. So that was a thought um, that I had, which is when Andy was like, if you go to BravoCon, and I'm like, why are we saying if? I don't want to hear any excuses. I want to see a second season, and I want these people to be at BravoCon. So. I, I feel like a second season must be guaranteed. They were just too good for them to not have a second season. I hope so. Their rating numbers were not that great. But if Southern Hospitality got one, because I think it was on par. No, not really. I think it did a little better. I, I really hope they give them a chance um, to grow on that um the last thing i wanted to talk about was the whole i think it was shawnee's flashing her boobs with simon that was weird that was uncalled for <laughs> and the <laughs> fact that she did it again <laughs> it was very was... much creating a moment yeah it was like a viva throwing her leg it doesn't <laughs> feel authentic yes it doesn't uh, you know that is the problem with reality tv now everyone's just trying to create their moments not authentic and it's just i gotta make a moment so you know about me so a couple other things that stood out to me about the show i loved it because silas was such an ass i really loved it when silas tried to call a meeting about milo's poop and preston said you walked by her room by Bria's room to come talk to me about this. <laughs> Instead of just telling her that her dog pooped. Why are you trying to get me to have a house meeting? I now, Preston was my favorite. He's a very low key. He's I always love the voice of reason. Preston was the voice of reason on the show. So I very, very much enjoyed him. Yes. Um, if there's a second season, I would like to meet his boyfriend. I also don't love the fact that like, I don't think anybody else had a significant other. It was just Preston, Bria and the married couple. And we saw Bria's boyfriend and we never got to see Preston's boyfriend. I didn't like that. So here's the thing. On the original Summer House, a lot of people are in relationships now and everyone is saying that that's affecting the house. So I wonder if that's part of the notes that was taking into that is like, let's keep it separate and we need more people to mingle on the show. I don't know. Or maybe it's just too far and the significant others are like, now nah, I'm not doing this. But a lot of people are now coupled up and it's like, no one's going to date anybody because you're not single. So I, I'm, I'm just wondering if that was part of what it is. Maybe. And then Jason didn't really make much of an impression, but at one point he had a, Oh, Silas. Oh my gosh. We, we never, Silas said so many terrible things. We didn't even have time to cover them. So <laughs> they're at guys night. First off, Silas accepts a drink from somebody after freaking out about his wife accepting drinks from people at the bar. But he accepts yeah. a drink. He's not wearing his wedding band. Yep. And then he tells, um, because Silas is a misogynist, he tells the guys that like, you have to, in order to get women to sleep with you, you just have to ignore all of the bullshit that they carry. It was really weird, really hateful of women. 
very on brand for Silas. Mm-hmm. And then Jason is like, I don't have issues having sex. Um, and in fact, I have a three month old baby. That was a surprise. <laughs> I, I, you know, sex is, it can cause some, some permanent effects. He said something to that effect. Yes. And then it was kind of like a throwaway line about this baby. And literally there were no discussions about it at all. Like we didn't see anybody in the house talking to him about how he just had a baby, like nothing. Yeah. That he said it in a whisper. And then he went away like a whisper, just like he said it. But that's someone that if he didn't return, we wouldn't miss. He was basically a background um, character. But yes, you're right. Because that's when Silas made that comment, like, nice guys do finish last. And I'm like, is that why you're an asshole? Because that's what you think? I don't know. uh, Jasmine, they have a lot of work to do, like she said. She says they need to be in therapy. But... Him having this mindset and him saying, like, I'm structured and she's free-flowing and that's not going to do it for him, so she needs to figure it out. Why are you not the one meeting her halfway? Why is she the one that has to meet you halfway? So they have a lot of work that they need to do. So You said you don't pray for divorce, but for some... For, <laughs> I, um, for, for Jasmine and Silas, I do. Summer and Jason just really suffered from coming in the middle and just kind of having no effect on any storylines whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's just nothing to add. So, But I think every now and then you need the background characters just to fill things up. But if we have a second season, maybe either they'll step it up or we just truly realize that we don't need them. Stop saying if. When we have a second season, like this show was only eight episodes long, you guys. So if you want to binge it, if you made it all the way through this podcast and you still haven't watched the show, it's only eight episodes. And I love it when I'm watching a show and they're like, oh, the season finale is next week. And I'm like, really? That's all you got? And that's how this show was. But I guess we'll find out soon. It's a shame that we didn't get a reunion, but if they are going to get a second, sorry. When they do get a second season, season, they should be filming anytime soon because they need the warm weather. But now I'm second guessing if they actually filmed during the summer because a lot of the times they seem cold. I did not think that they they shot during the summer. They didn't. I don't think it was winter. It might have been fall or it might have been spring of this year. But okay. I didn't think it was the summer because the weather just didn't seem that good. They always had to be sweatering and okay. uh, it just seemed too cold for it to actually be summer. And I also would think it was dumb of them. Well, you said that Silas and what's-her-name just celebrated three their one-year anniversary. One year, yeah. So I guess it was fall, because three months from now would be, like, September, October. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope they give them warm weather. Everything is better when it's warm. You can do more stuff. You can go to the beach, because I don't think they went to the beach a lot. Like, that dinner that they had out on the beach, didn't everybody look cold? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also like this is the thing. On one hand, I enjoy the like African American history talk. On the other hand, it doesn't really add much to the show. Oh, Diana Ross said there were Gene Simmons. I think that was the most useful fact I learned. Diana <laughs> Ross dated Gene Simmons. I mean, I know she has a type, but I didn't know it extended <laughs> that far. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. I think it doesn't hurt, but it it wasn't like a mainstay of the show. It was just like one of the events that they did that 
you know, just giving honor. Because even when they were leaving the house, they were like, bye, Mama Martha, bye, Auntie Martha. So <laughs> I think it was just their shtick. Have you ever been to Martha's Vineyard? No. Me either. I had a couple friends, black friends who would go there, but I don't know. I guess it looks like fun. Yeah. If it's warm and not cold. I don't like the cold at all. Yeah, that limits it. You have to go during the summer. That's the only time you can go. Yep. And it's probably so expensive because everyone's there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Like we said, I, I, I feel like I have to tell you guys over and over again, go watch the show. It was so good. <laughs> um, but we enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy it. And we will have another episode covering another show later this week. All right. Don't forget to join us for a live tweet of the Where Are They Now on Wednesday. And we will see you in the next episode. All right. Bye, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.